Going pretty good. So how's it going? Are you fully recovered? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was I was fully recovered a week and a half ago. Oh, but wow. as of like Friday, and I think this is just due to the uh, severe temperature changes down here, mm-hmm. uh, my voice hurts again, or my throat mm, hurts again. That sucks. So we're we're gonna find out. I'm taking another test later on today, but. Tomorrow is two weeks since I first tested positive, and I have not tested negative yet. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Most That's recent wild. most recent test was this past Thursday. That's crazy. I have not heard of that happening. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. So you've still just been doing your show from home and stuff. Yep. Still, yeah. been, still been doing it from home. Well, let me – I mean, it just occurred to me that when Declan had it, he's sort of like – clear of doing any like everybody else at school had to take a test before they went back after the winter break but Declan didn't have to because he had COVID and you can you know people who have had it can po- post a uh, positive test like you know months later oh yeah uh, yeah I mean uh but what if you can post you, know, you can well, post a positive PCR I've only been doing rapids oh I see I see so the yeah. rapids are testing for I see yeah, yeah the, ra- the the rapids are gonna test like if you currently have it right okay if if it is currently in your lungs got it um but still the fact that well okay yeah i guess that that makes sense it's just weird that you're still potentially contagious all these you know yeah I, I don't i'm not sure if i am yeah i know my my boss's wife who is an engineer and she's been the one like administering all the tests she uh is of the assumption of like yeah, if it's popping up positive on these tests, that means like even if you're feeling better, you are still a little bit contagious. Hmm. But I, I called an urgent care, and they seem to be like of the of the opposite uh, opinion. But you know, there's there, there's no one who actually knows. No, no, yeah. You you talk to ten people, you're gonna get ten different responses, and yeah. they're all gonna sound. You know, you can get somewhat 10, similar. Yeah, but you, they're all gonna be different. Yeah, yeah. But you could also get ten like logically sound. Like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, that makes sense. You know, you you, you could also get 10, like, Aaron Rodgers responses, but, all, but, like, <laughs> but like, verifiably, there's, like, 10, uh, like, there's 10 doctors out there who would tell you 10 different medical things. They're like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. Like, oh, well, what that guy said makes sense, too. Damn it, you know? Man, I I don't know if you saw the, uh, the report before their game that was uh, Aaron Rodgers' plans to stage a Super Bowl protest. Oh. And then <laughs> last night they, as we're recording this, last night they lose to a field goal in the final couple of seconds, <laughs> and people are just like, "Damn, he actually went through with it." <laughs> yeah, he's boycotting the Super Bowl. I did see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I don't follow sports, but I follow sports Twitter, and just, you know, and, and I enjoy I enjoy comedy, Ted, and there, it's full of it today, this morning. Oh, if you're a God. fan of comedy and you know. Just a just the surface level bit about sports. You're you're gonna have a good time on Twitter today, <laughs> unless you're a oh, Packers I, fan, I guess, or a Titans fan. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but like the but Aaron Rodgers is really taking all the heat off of whatever happened in that game. It looked like it was just as close. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, both of them came down to field goals in the final yeah. like four seconds, <laughs> which, which makes me think. I'm like, okay, football's got to be fake. Uh, there's no way. There's no way that happens in two consecutive games. To decide who goes to their respective championship game, we we should honestly probably move on from talking about like <laughs> dated football games yeah, because but by, by the time anyone listens to this, both championship games will have been decided yeah. and we'll have who's playing in the Super Bowl already. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. You gotta love sports. You've gotta <laughs> love sports. Pumps fist in the air. 
Well, should we get going? Might as well, yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about whatever you want to call it. The clip show 1 and 2, which is the way Netflix refers to it, but it's not the actual title of the episode, as we found out at the end of last night, last week's uh, episode. It is season 9, episode 21. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Puerto Rican Day, another strangely named episode. And the one thing everybody knows about that episode is that it was rife with controversy regarding the scene where Kramer accidentally burns the Puerto Rican flag. And that was really the only bit of homework that we had written down. I knew we were going to delve into it. So, you know, Kramer accidentally sets the Puerto Rican flag on fire, begins stomping in in front of a mob who gets very angry, uh, these parade goers. They damage Jerry's car. And Kramer also says, we didn't really pick up on this, but it's like this every day in Puerto Rico is what Kramer (laughs) says about like this angry mob destroying Jerry's car. So it drew complaints, of course, from Puerto Rican activists, as well as the borough president of the Bronx at the time, Fernando Ferrer, and the president of the National Puerto Rican Coalition, Manuel Mirabal. Mirabal said it is unacceptable that the Puerto Rican flag be used by Seinfeld as a stage prop under any circumstances. The episode sparked angry letters and protests outside NBC's Rockefeller Center. NBC apologized and had it banned from airing on the network again. And it was not initially part of the syndicated package. But in summer of 2002, the episode started to appear with the flag burning sequence intact. Sony Pictures Television, which distributes the series in syndication, said that enough time had passed since the initial furor to merit its inclusion. So I guess time heals all wounds. (laughs) I guess so. My God. Yeah. The Seinfeld cast and crew found the objections to the episode unreasonable, which I can totally see Jerry going, oh, well, they're wrong. You know, I, this, any, 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 you know, if someone's offended by this, that's, that's the wrong opinion. But he, but they did note that the objection started before the episode aired, seemingly based on its title alone. So the fact that this show, which I think even at this time, along with Friends, was getting the TV so white coverage, like, why isn't there more? you know, minority representation on these on these shows. Why is it like Frasier and Seinfeld and Friends and Mad About You? And like, why is it always white people and stuff like that? So, uh, you know, any when they named an episode on the whitest show on TV, the Puerto Rican day, people were already complaining. Um, <laughs> Jerry recalled that when he asked a protest leader how he could know there's anything objectionable in the episode without having seen it, he replied, we assume that it's offensive. <laughs> Um, which could be a completely made-up story by Jerry Seinfeld. Two of the episode's writers, Steve Corin and David Mandel, later remarked that despite the title, the episode essentially has nothing to do with Puerto Ricans. And just like we were positing at the end of the last episode, they could have moved the setting to any of the many annual parades held in New York City without significantly changing the story or dialogue. Like, exactly like we suggested, Fourth of July or Memorial Day. So even they were like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have included this kind of marginalized group and, and punched <laughs> down, as it were, you know, something else that we were saying at the end of last episode. But I, I don't, like, Jerry would never go back on, I think self-reflection, just from all of his interviews and stuff, doesn't seem to be his forte. You know, like, well, maybe I was wrong about that. Doesn't seem like it would ever come out of his mouth. So not that anybody would ask him about that at this point. You know, I, I think he would, he would probably, and maybe rightly so, rip into that person going, you're asking me about an episode of my hit TV show from 20 years ago? Like, So when Jerry performed his series of I'm Telling You for the Last Time concerts at the Bensonhurst Theater later in 98, a small group of protesters turned up across the street every night condemning him for doing the episode. And at one point, security had to be increased because of death threats. Oh, so my God. That's taking it a little too far. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> So that's really all the info about the controversy I was able to dig up. Here's some other trivia and tidbits. Uh, I, I was curious about the Puerto Rican Day Parade, so I did a little dive on that, a shallow dive 
on that. Uh, the Puerto Rican Day Parade takes place annually in the U.S. along Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. The parade is held on the second Sunday in June, marches along Fifth from 44th to 86th, and has grown to become one of the largest parades in the United States with nearly 4 million spectators annually by 2007. That is insane. Mm, 4 million people a year? That is crazy. That does not seem like enough room for 4 million people to, to stand around. <laughs> that is nuts. The Grand Mar- Oh, uh, Kramer remarks about the Grand Marshal and who it is, and he mixes up like three or four different names. The Grand Marshal was not Cheetah Rivera or Maria Conchita Alonso or Stacey Keach in 1998. It was Marta Estoman de Casals, the president of the Manhattan School of Music. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just curious about that a little bit. The Elaine subplot, I wrongly called out Daylight, which itself seems like a, a bit of an homage to the movie that the Elaine subplot is actually a parody of, The Poseidon Adventure. Have you ever seen or heard or anything? They remade it. I have not, no. They remade it back in like 05 or 06 or something as it was just called Poseidon. But it's oh. about yeah, it's about a cruise ship that flips over, and yeah, so I have se- I have seen Poseidon. Aha, yeah, yeah. So the Elaine subplot is a parody of that original movie, The Poseidon Adventure, and so everybody's in this boat and they're they're you know on the top decks and they have to get to the bottom decks, which are now the top decks. I, I believe there's even a priest in that movie that they have to leave behind at some point, from what I understand <laughs> about reading about it. So on the day of the shoot, director Andy Ackerman came up with the idea of Elaine kissing another member of the party who was played by Mark Hirschfeld, the show's casting director. So, <laughs> like, literally a casting couch uh, yeah. situation for Elaine. <laughs> um, that's that's not good. Yeah, yeah. I doubt at that point they could be, well, if you don't do this, you may not get the part. Uh, you know, at that point, it's a little too late. A little too late in the game. <laughs> Um, it's like, hey, we we got to get this guy some action before we end yeah. the show, right? Yeah. Well, Every, everyone else thinks that. We'd hate for Elaine to get written <laughs> off the show. Like, what? Ma- <laughs> many people are thinking this. <laughs> yeah. The basic plot was inspired by writer David Mandel's experience getting caught in parade traffic. So, you know, kind of like we compared it to another bottle episode of waiting in a restaurant, getting caught in traffic. What kind of adventures can everybody have in there? The impetus for the George subplot was a group of Seinfeld writers going to see the movie While You Were Sleeping. Have you heard of this? Do you, you remember this movie? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's got, I think, the girl from the bus, Sandra Bullock, as uh, Frank Costanza calls her, and Bill Pullman, and <laughs> somebody's in a coma. And anyway, one of the characters said, do you know what love is? And someone in the theater shouted, yes, making the entire audience burst into laughter. And so they wrote that in <laughs> as George getting a, a huge laugh. And I think their line... Even though it's hack, it, it was so much better. Like, that's not funny. Do you know what love is? Yes. Maybe you have to know the scene in order to think it's funny, but I'm glad they wrote a better scenario for George. That's gotta <laughs> hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the Puerto Rican Day was the show's second highest rated episode of all time with 38.8 million viewers, only behind, of course, the series finale. And media helicopters were flying over the New York City backlot constantly during the filming thinking they were capturing exclusive images of the final oh episode being recorded. Yeah, because this was all Get done fucked. outside. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that damn paparazzi. The oh, So this episode, I don't know if you noticed this. I, I did take notice of how long the opening credits went and how there were like five names on each little card that would pop up over the opening credits. But the episode has more writer credits than any other episode. There's ten Holy uh, shit. Yeah. And co-creator Larry David was returning to write the finale. So this was the final episode for the active 
post Larry David writing staff to get an, get anything on the show. And so it was a group effort. So their their initial plans and, and the production was behind this. They were like, okay, great. Everybody's writing on this and we're all getting credit. And so they were going to have all the staff write the story and script in a collaborative jam and then shoot on location in the real New York City. But both of those <laughs> plans had to be modified. The writer's jam tr- proved to be too chaotic. So they split up, up into two groups working in separate rooms. One group wrote the first act. The other group wrote the second act. And then they switched scripts with each group proofreading and punching up the other group's script. And the crew determined that filming in New York City just was not practical because they'd have to get locations. And, and also, they were already having helicopters fly over. Could you imagine if actual people were just able like, to walk up on the street and see what was going on with the second to last? <laughs> so the show's fans, they were like, we can't keep them out. Um, so they used... They couldn't use their normal New York City street set at the CBS Radford Studios, so they instead filmed, as I already mentioned, on the Universal Studios back lot. But it was still pretty challenging to shoot because they had to move around so many cars and the logistics of the story all taking place on the same day, meaning the actual daylight needed to remain consistent in every shot. So, yeah, it was still pretty tough for them to do this, but they pulled it off. Wow. Yeah. All right. Mario Joyner plays the role of Lamar, a.k.a. Maroon Golf, in this episode. He is also in The Engagement. He made an appearance playing himself. He's a stand-up comic, and he was evidently pretty good friends with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, we have some deleted scenes. Lamar explaining his anger at Jerry was that their altercation caused the pasta he was eating to slip off his lap onto the car's floor, <laughs> which I think is hilarious <laughs> that it was kind of his fault because he's eating pasta. But I remember I yeah. was eating... Who who eats pasta while they're driving? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was just about to say me because I remember one time... <laughs> this was actually in Texas. Uh, Sarah had a, a work thing in Dallas and before kids, I could like pick up and... You know, when we were in Jackson, Dallas wasn't very far. I think it was like six or seven hours, so yeah. um, maybe even shorter. But so I was like, great. After work on Friday, I I, um, I think she flew to Dallas. Yeah. So she flew to Dallas and I was like, great. I'll meet you there Friday night. I'll do, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then we'll drive back on Sunday together after checking out some of Dallas. As we were leaving, you know, we l- looked up a bunch of restaurants we were going to wanted to go to. And we're like, all right, we're just going to have it's so late. We got to get back. So we're going to stop at this one. We'll get it to go. And I got their buffalo mac and cheese which I'd read so much about. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to cut these, these pieces of like Buffalo chicken tenders and like eat, <laughs> eat uh, Mac and cheese while I'm driving with my knees through like the Dallas interstate system. <laughs> like Not my smartest moment, but it was, it was delicious <laughs> Buffalo Mac and cheese. I got to say, I wish oh I could remember God. what the restaurant was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one another deleted scene was the crowd on the viewing stand stomping to Rico Suave causing food to spill on a lane and her companions. (laughs) Just a couple more mentions. You know, my friend Bob Sacamano made a fortune off of those. He came up with the idea for the rubber band before that people would just hit the ball and it would fly away is the final of 10 total mentions of Kramer's unseen friend, Bob Sacamano. Oh man. End of an era. He will not spoiler alert, be in the finale or be mentioned in the finale. Yeah. And I thought this was funny because I didn't notice it. Uh, as the group walks away from Jerry's car at the end of the episode, the red laser dot shows back up on George. <laughs> Did you notice that? Wait, wait, when? When was this? At the very end, as the group was walking away from Jerry's car, and it oh yeah, over it shows and... up like on his back. Oh, or I didn't. Something. I totally didn't notice that. I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I must hilarious. have forgot to bring it up. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, all right, that is it. That is it. Oh my gosh! All right, any news or anything? I don't think so. No, not that I saw. Did Meatloaf or Louie Anderson ever 
make appearances or have mentions on the show because it was it was not a good weekend for the thick kings yeah yeah no it was it was not um and i don't think so although louis would have fit in great on on seinfeld and i'm sure louis and jerry they were coming up around the same time i bet they were around each other it's a shame that louis anderson never popped up on seinfeld but as far as i know no he did not and, and meatloaf either <laughs> they might mention meatloaf the dish on the show but i don't think they mentioned <laughs> meatloaf the the singer not not meatloaf the singer yeah <laughs> oh my gosh um all right uh do we want to do the whole uh opening spiel first or do we want to do our top episodes of season nine first did you put yours together i did i think and i think we should do the top nine of season nine at the end of the episode okay yeah let's do that Okay, well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 25 minutes being exclusively homework and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order. After being a lifelong fan for years, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And uh, if you send us a screen cap, we will send you a free no-hugging, no-learning sticker. We just need your mailing address so we know where to send that. And you know, with us being so close to the run of Seinfeld, we will send you a Seinfeld holographic-inspired sticker. Uh, It's not inspired by holographic, it's (laughs) inspired by Seinfeld. I guess I should have inspired after the 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 other word uh seinfeld inspired holographic sticker and i'll also send you a sticker for our new show that we have not announced publicly but you do know what our new show is if you subscribe to our patreon if you'd like to do that you can sub to us for five bucks a month uh we got you around two movie reviews a month and also bonus content that we clip that we clip from Almost every show, I only say almost every show because I think it was last week, no, it was two episodes prior that there was really nothing that I could clip from the episode without it sounding disjointed, mm-hmm. even though the episode ended up being an hour and a half long. <laughs> so that that's the only reason. M- most every other episode has got anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes of content that just didn't make the final feed. So if you'd like to give us a sub over there, please do it. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, and the link is also in the description for that. All of that being said, Season 9, Episode 21, The Clip Show Part 1 and 2, or The Chronicle, <laughs> don't don't know, whichever you want to call it is fine by me, original air date, May 14th, 1998, one week after last week's episode. Uh, again, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. If you are looking to watch some of the last episodes of Seinfeld, you got to be in front of your TV on Thursday night because you are missing something if you are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was five years, four months, and 24 days old at the time of airing. And if you're counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, Tim, we have two episodes until we become a... I think we should have a podcast called Comedians in Cars Eating Pasta. And God fucking you damn and it. I, you and I get a famous comedian each week 
to drive us around while eating pasta. And uh, and then we and we also distract them by asking them questions about their career and, and comedy theory. Can we get this sponsored by Fazoli's or <laughs> yes. Olive Garden? You know what we got here? We got a piada. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Oh, oh my God, Tim. My God. We, I, I had never had it, but we went to piada for my birthday. And let me fucking tell you, <laughs> I got a hot chicken and yes. uh, Alfredo penne burrito yes yeah they oh make these burritos that are God. called piadas yeah those look amazing i have not oh. had one yet we only had our first piada experience this weekend but it is did you guys fall in love with it yeah yeah it's it's Holy awesome it's gonna be shit. a new favorite they got a great app so i had the i had the hot fried chicken too which is amazing and i had the diavolo sauce which you know is a spicy Ooh, like marinara yeah. and the spaghetti and i added spinach and oh my gosh oh and pancetta oh. you can add things to it by the way go into pirata and yell no hugging no learning at them and they'll give you a free bowl of pasta <laughs> <laughs> your first bowl of pasta is free or your first pasta burrito is free if you yell no hugging no learning at the person making it at Piata, any of their <laughs> national locations. And yeah, because I can add stuff. I was like, oh, I bet adding pancetta is like $2. Like, nope. Nope. Yeah. And the the bowl was so big, I can normally kill like a ton of pasta, but I, I had to eat half oh. of it and then save the rest of it. Yeah, I uh, I only ate half of my burrito uh, because it was so like rich. Yeah. And it, it was it was very salty, but it was really good because I, I did add the pancetta. Ah, uh. Yeah. But I was able to save the other half for my lunch the next day, and it, it actually reheated very well, too. I believe it. I was surprised. I believe it. So, yes, Comedians in Cars Eating Pasta, sponsored by Piata. Look for it later this year. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we're not going to let them order a Piata, because you can easily eat that with one hand while you're driving. We I should mean, eat. It's, it's still going to be very messy. Yeah. I mean, you put fucking like Alfredo sauce in a burrito. I, it's going everywhere. I want you knife are, and you fork are getting on white lap. stuff everywhere. I want a bowl and knife and fork on lap. That's all I'll accept for this show. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking at TV Guide the night of May 14th, 1998, you are going to see look back at the funniest <laughs> clips, most memorable quotes and unseen footage in this retrospective of the landmark series entire run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to make it better. Uh, I guess we can try at the end. We don't get a cold open or anything like that. This is not the typical show. Um, it is either the clip show one and two, as Netflix calls it, or as it's called in this weird, what if Seinfeld was a typical sitcom that had a regular intro intro? Oh my God. The Chronicle is yeah, what it says I, underneath. On the screen. <laughs> what I wrote down about this is, uh, yes, it's this in intro before this intro was a parody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This made me think of like behind the music on yeah. VH1. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clips, from, you know, silent clips from the show running over all the big four actors' names. And it's very similar to the one that they ran in front of the 100-episode clip show. But it is the only, you know, maybe that last one did too, like 100-episode spectacular or whatever. But this one does say the Chronicle on the screen, the name of the show. And yet somehow it still gets screwed up. Now, I, I didn't pay nearly enough attention to just this opening, but I would love to see if the opening to The Chronicle, much like the opening to the 100th episode, because, I mean, they couldn't show episodes that didn't exist yet. Right. I would love if the opening to The Chronicle was only episodes from the 100th Spectacular to the end of the show. That'd be pretty amazing. 
That, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. I, it might even be exactly the same. I don't see them doing that much work, but maybe. <laughs> That's maybe, very true. <laughs> so we do open in Jerry's apartment, and the gang is getting ready to go to the movies, uh, and everybody walks out. So you do see Jer- you know, George, Elaine, and Kramer, and Jerry, and everybody walks out. But Jerry, before he does, pulls the old, oh, I didn't see you there, or something like that, and starts addressing us. <laughs> Talking about all the crazy adventures that the group has been in over the years. This never comes back. Like, he doesn't come back and introduce the next segment or anything like that. Nope. (laughs) So, this was weird. Like, it was kind of a funny bit. Like, the yelling from the hallway. Like, Jerry, come on. We're going to be late. And he's like, I'll be there in a second. But it never comes back. He never goes, ah, yeah, that was good. Now here's some, you know, outtakes. Or now here's all the stuff about, well, remember all the crazy relationships we had? It it never comes back. So this part is really kind of unnecessary, uh, (laughs) even as a framing device. Yeah. Um, And I, I don't know if it was just me, but I could also tell they filmed this once Everyone else had gone home. There was no one in the stands. There was no one watching this because it just felt quiet. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a very closed set situation. And yeah, and and maybe it was at, I wonder when it was, when they filmed it, you know, because they didn't all come back to do it. I'm sure it was like at the end of a day or something like that. And they're like, oh, let's film an intro for this thing. It it had to have been like the end of the maid or something, right? Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah. Like after they wrap up everything that they need to shoot for the maid, they're like, okay, we just got to film one more scene for for the clip show. Yeah. Yeah. Because they weren't back for... Uh, the Puerto Rican day that was all totally at another studio so yeah so the first clip we see is from last week I like that I like having a clip show in the first like oh all the remember nine years and the first clip is from last week (laughs) it it was it's a great shot it's the one of Kramer in the car and then it zooms out and you see the this massive expanse of traffic so it was a great shot but it was funny that it was from last week it reminds me of I know we've talked before about the second episode of Clerks is a flashback. Uh, the Clerks a cartoon. Clerks the animated series is a flashback to the first episode. They get trapped in a freezer <laughs> and it's a clip show all about the first episode. So, and it's over the Superman theme, which of course we know Jerry Seinfeld, a huge Superman fan. I titled this section Gifts You Can Hear. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wrote I just wrote experiences because I think that's a that's a line Jerry drops whenever he's like, "Here's different experiences we've had." <laughs> and I at this point I was like, Okay, I'm going to try and just do a shorthand note for every scene, every clip they show. Tim, that lasted about 30 seconds. Yeah, I believe And then it. I just gave up and did, like, the titles of the montages for the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. This was a great matching of the flourishes of the Superman theme. Like, da-da-da-da. Every time that happened, yeah, somebody would good. make a motion that corresponded to that, and it was really well done. It was it was edited great. It was it was awesome. And then so we start with kind of we get a little best of each character, starting with George. I was in the pool smoking cigarettes to try to get out of marrying Susan, picking an eclair out of the trash. Then we get the best of Elaine. We see her dancing. The Stella really cracked me up this time. I think I laughed harder at Stella this time than I did the first time. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And I like that bit. It was just extra funny this time. Like I I paid attention to Mort's reaction behind her. I I did like how they, how they introed each of the the character montages with just a scene talking about the character. I thought that was that was interesting because they kick off a lanes with George saying, you know, every group has the one friend that they always make fun of, like we do with Elaine. And then the and Elaine then it just goes stuff. into Elaine clips. Yeah. Yeah. The transitions were great in between those. Yeah. I don't remember the one from Elaine to Kramer if um, there it was, was one. It was uh just Jerry I think Jerry and George 
or maybe Jerry and Elaine sitting in monks, but Jerry is saying that Kramer's going to a fantasy camp. Oh, his yeah. life is a fantasy George camp. George saying, yeah, his life is a fantasy Fall ass backward yeah. into money, have sex without dating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so that was all about Kramer. And we get his... Oh, I, the other one I wrote down for Elaine was the English patient screaming about how she hates the English patient. Kramer freeballing <laughs> it, the shower head, the Merv Griffin show, calling Jerry. And then this must have been the transition, calling Jerry an anti-dentite. And that started the best of Jerry, which was uh, picking his nose. Yeah. Oh, no. The, the, the thing that kicked off Jerry oh. was Jerry and George talking in Monks. And Jerry's like, you know, I'm like you only successful oh yeah so then be the best of jerry was picking his nose or, or not the no pick it was a no pick the <laughs> switching apartments with kramer killing george when he's in the hospital with a pillow and the one that i'm like oh i wish they hadn't have included that it must have still been a thing but when he hangs up when he turns the tables on the telemarketer and oh i guess you don't want people calling you at home now you know how i feel Mic drop, like groan. I know it has aged so poorly. It's like, oh man, like I know it's like you couldn't even do it now because we probably talked about this the first time, but like it, they're all recordings about your car's uh, extended, extended warranty. warranty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like he would have to actually engage that message, then talk to the person <laughs> you know who only knows a couple words in English anyway. Uh, on the other, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, and it's it just is not as cool as it was in '98 to turn the tabes on again. <laughs> Somebody who's just trying to make ends meet. The yeah, telemarketer. Yeah, just trying to fucking do their job. <laughs> yeah. They got to put up with dickheads like you yeah. all day long. Like the extended warranty, that's a scam. Like this guy legit worked for a long distance company. Like it wasn't, you know, he worked for AT&T and it was his job. You think he like ran AT&T and was like, this is a good business model? Like, yeah, he was just mean to a <laughs> worker. Like, that's all Jerry. So it just has aged so poorly. Like, Jerry might as well yell at a retail worker. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's essentially. Uh, and then we get a little montage of all the costumes they've worn as well. Anytime they're wearing something that's not their norm core norm, we get a clip of that little little montage of that. <laughs> So we get into another section. Yeah. And that, that leads us into the first commercial break yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you. Do you want more No Hugging, No Learning? Subscribe to our Patreon today for our full archive of exclusive bullshit movie reviews and content that gets cut from our weekly episodes for various reasons. Join the It's a Hyundai tier for just five bucks a month and get access to everything. Click the link in the description or just go to patreon.com slash no hugging and sign up today. I wonder if I can do this like a monster truck show announcer. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Oh, this was like the fastest I've ever watched an episode, probably since the 100th episode clip show. I just, yeah, I, just I, I think so. Same. <laughs> yeah. I, I stopped it like a few times just to write down like titles. Yeah. Like whenever, whenever titles pop up, like, at, like we see here. But yeah, I, I think the whole thing I had done in an hour. Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, so the, this part is relationships part one, getting in. And so we see them starting relationships with uh, Mulva, George getting rolled by the subway lady, the dirty talk, Spongeworthy, of course, uh, which reminds me of something that I was thinking about. May, maybe this could be like a Seinfeld 2000 uh, storyline is like someone in the gang has to decide whether going out with this person is test worthy, whether they should you know, waste one of their <laughs> rapid tests. Oh my God. Going out. Yeah. Cause we, that would like, be good. I've been thinking about that a lot because you know, the kids will have like a sniffle or something like that. And it's like, Oh, is it, is it morning congestion? Should we wait to see 
if they are feeling better after breakfast or there's no fever. And so it's like, yeah. is this test worthy? Is this a test worthy <laughs> runny nose or a test worthy cough? Like, do we want to blow one of these things? I don't think so. Uh, uh, oh, and we see Aunt May too. Aunt May pops up in the in yes, the part. <laughs> yes. And then part two is getting out, and we see Elaine. Why did I write? I hate when I write this down. And Elaine, actress. Why did I write that down? <laughs> actress. Elaine, actress. Yeah. What the hell? What are you talking about? Elaine, actress. I have no idea. What is, what is your subconscious talking about <laughs> yeah, as you're as you're chicken scratching into your notes? There's gonna be no way. I, be, I wonder if there's a Seinfeld script <laughs> for this, or like list of clips in the clip show. Yeah, in chronological order. Um, the finale. No, <laughs> Elaine, actress. I can try and pull it up on Netflix and see like what it is. <laughs> Do you want me to? Probably not worth. Is it, it worth it? No, probably okay. probably not. Clip. Show. Let me try it. Uh, Seinfeld script clip show. Oh, there it is. All right, sweet. They did. Oh, damn it. <laughs> it just says it's a clip show. There's no script. Ah. <laughs> oh. And then it says, I wonder when he wrote this. Okay, so maybe a small introduction. I'll add that later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Damn you. All right. So I don't know why I wrote that down. Um, if I figure it out, <laughs> maybe I'll write that down Here. for homework. All right. I'm 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 on Netflix now. Okay. Let me see if I can pull it up. And this is right after the relationships part one getting in. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's part two okay. getting out. It's the beginning. Oh, this, of, oh, this is part yeah. two getting out. Okay. Let me see. Okay, I'm at Jerry in the pick. There's Jerry in the red light. There's the uh, the uh, episode that took place in India. Newman, I think. You know what? By the way, while you're looking at that, George in the handcuffs. Um, Have we gotten to that yet? Yes, George in the handcuffs is still in getting in. Okay. Uh, Spongeworthy or Aunt May might be the last bit of. But by the way, as long as we're entering, so that so the costumes and hairstyle section is the end of part one. If you were watching this in syndication, uh, and this and relationships is the beginning of part two. And evidently, in well, maybe wait a minute. Really, I, I would expect relation like relationships part one and two to be part of part one. I would, yeah. You know what? Because it's it's halfway through. No, you're right. You're right. It doesn't. It just doesn't mention this. It mentions um. The beginning of part two is Kramer comes up to get Jerry. So in syndication, there's another intro to the episode. Then the dancing montage starts. If you're watching this in syndication, okay. Oh, okay. Here I'm at. I'm. Fi- I finally made it to part two. Getting out. We've got Kramer talking to Jerry about marriage. We've got George and Jerry in the car asking if he can break uh, up over the phone. Yeah. Then oh, Elaine, actress. From Jerry, the pilot, saying, are you breaking up with me? Oh, the actress who played Elaine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's man. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we did this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would have driven me crazy, too. <laughs> so, yeah, we get that. Uh, the yada, 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 of course. <laughs> uh, Kramer breaking up with George in the restaurant where everybody gets broken up with. I remember us liking that because George has to plead his case as if he wants to Kramer. Kramer to stay. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting older and... I need some more than a good time. <laughs> uh, Independent George, obviously a classic. May- and then and then we get a extended montage of every petty one or two word reason that they were breaking up with somebody or relationship wasn't working out. Man hands, regifter, two face, so on and so close forth. talker. And, yeah, close yeah. talker, high talker, low talker, all of all of the above. They included every single one, which wasn't bad. It's nice to have all that stuff in one place, and uh, you know that that's kind of an amazing chronicle of that aspect of the show i I was kind of amazed at this point 
just how much, even though I've been a lifelong fan for years, just how much I was able to quote from the show when the clips started coming up. And, you know, as dumb as a clip show is, it's great. You know, this was nice to see all of our favorite Seinfeld moments in one place. And also, like I said, I was, I'm, I was surprised at how spot on I was able to quote and just in every scene say word for word what they were saying. Yeah. I was kind of, kind of amazed yeah. at that. And as someone who like hates just someone's idea of comedy just being throwing quotes back at each other, yeah. because, and we've said from the very be- beginning of the show, that's not what we wanted our show to be. We don't just want to talk about an episode and go, quote, 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 yeah. quote. Ha, wasn't this episode great? Okay, <laughs> next week we got this. But I'm I'm surprised at how much I enjoyed this bit because I'm like, ha, yeah, I I, I, I remember that. Yeah, and, and it's all the best scenes of all the of all the great episodes. I mean, I I know that's just explaining what a clip show is, but <laughs> it, it wasn't as you know it wasn't as boring as I expected it to be. I guess you know it wasn't as as tedious maybe is the better word. I was like, all right, we got to talk about the clip show, I guess, because it's a yeah. thing. But I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> it sounds like we're wrapping this up, and we still have like half the half the clip show to go. <laughs> I know. Well, I I only I literally only took one and I'll say five sixths of a page of notes. <laughs> Because uh, it's not even the full second page. And my line economy, my page economy was much freer than it nor- normally. I'm like yeah. writing and trying to save every <laughs> inch of space. But I was like, no, let's, let's let the letters breathe today. Let oh, my breathe. God. Yeah. Uh, well, here, let, let's, let's burn through the rest of the clip show so we can actually not have an hour and a half long review of a clip show this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- we get a little bit of uh, everybody's parents. We get another dance montage of uh, everybody pulling some sweet moves. How about that? The one that stuck out to me was early Kramer with Elaine's weird roommate. Oh, my that God. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. And then also in this, I think I saw a shot from the finale. No way. Yeah, because they're dancing in this hallway, and it's definitely not in any episode. It's like Elaine, Jer- <laughs> uh, Elaine, Jerry, it, it's and George. The, it's, it's, the, it's the one that we see in like every GIF, right? Yes, yes, of them, of like, the, of them of... like in a line, and, jo- and George looks so fucking suave for some reason. <laughs> yes, and people in the background are- Is that are, from the finale? I think it's from the finale, and people in Holy the background are like shit. looking at them, so it definitely wasn't, it's definitely an outtake, you know? And people are looking at them and laughing in the background, you can see. It wouldn't be a Seinfeld clip show without the soup Nazi, for crying out loud. So, of course, we get that. Mm-hmm. And then we get a People We Know montage, which includes Banya, Mickey, Uncle Leo, Jay Peterman, Tim Watley, Jack. Uh, who Wait, who's who's Jack? The, um... Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I wrote his name, too, but I don't remember. Yeah, because I couldn't remember when I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Jack. <laughs> Jack was... Oh, God. Okay, so it was after Oh, Kramer Jack Klompus. Jack Klompus. Yeah, 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 Jack Klompus. Jack Klompus, Jackie Childs, Poppy, Cedric and Bob, and Newman gets a nice sized chunk yeah he, of he gets montage. like a, his yeah. own like extended montage yeah then uh, we there's george's answering machine message again wouldn't be that's an iconic moment uh and we we get one of just like all mouth noises that's exactly what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of mouth noises and a lot of saying each other's names and a lot of the snappy dialogue you know lathe 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 uh, that kind of thing, the, that trademark that we always point out when it happens. We get a lot of that. And then this is weird, the segment Unusual Problems. I thought that was a, a I thought this was a poorly named segment because I yeah. was like, I mean, these are weird problems, but I don't know if it needed an intro because it's not like, you know, well, the first thing they call an unusual problem is 
uh, a man pulling out his dick un you know without consent from the woman in the car with him. Yeah. And um <laughs> that's an unusual problem. <laughs> unfortunately, that is a usual problem. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Kramer's horse farting, the write-off thing. Like I don't I wouldn't categorize any of these as unusual. I mean, maybe the horse. <laughs> maybe the horse is the unusual problem, but I love the write-off bit, too. I'm glad that was in there. It's one of my favorite exchanges of dialogue in the entire series. I had actually forgotten about the write-off bit because we had just had the deduction bit, yes. which was exactly the same. Yeah, it really was. I think it was. they were trying to revisit the magic that they created there. And, you know, nothing's going you know, to recreate the magic of the write-off. But after all of these clips that we've seen before, we get bloopies. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, and it starts, and this might, I, I know I, I would bring these up during the show, and I never really seek out the blooper clips, so I don't know why I had seen them before, and now I know it's because they were on this episode. So Frank, Frank yelling about Del Boca Vista and not being able to say <laughs> that in the, that was the one with George's hands. They were all backstage at the Tonight Show, and George's hand, oh, George being the hand model. Another thing that sticks out to me about in the Bloopy segment is how little Michael Richards actually breaks. It's like everybody else Oh, my God. Yeah. And you, you can see him, like, honestly, almost getting frustrated. Like, come like, on, man. You're he, killing me. He, he starts breaking once everyone else has already ruined the scene. Yeah. Because Michael Richards won't be, like, even cracking a laugh <laughs> until Jerry Seinfeld is, like, doubled over. Yeah. And it's almost like he's chuckling out of good nature. Like, but he really is like, come on. Like, you can hear him say, like, you're try- killing me, man. <laughs> you're killing me. Yeah. yeah like, how, how, try- how many times? To work. I want to go think- home. Yeah. How many times do you think I can bring this energy? Like, literally. <laughs> this is this is work, you know? And and that's what you hear about Michael Richards on the set, is that, like, everybody else would fuck around. But he was, like, oddly enough, the craziest character, but the most serious actor of the whole thing. And so after some bloopies, we get a montage to the song from 1998. Man. Green Days, Good Riddance, parentheses, Time of Your Life. I gotta say, this put me in my feels a little bit. Yeah. This was uh, this was a lot sadder than I thought it would be. Yeah, there's some behind the scenes. I mean, there's even a shot of LD in there, some Larry David. And I wrote down that this is so sentimental, and there's lots of hugging, which is yes. completely <laughs> antithetical to what the show stood for. <laughs> lots of but learning, it, it, lots of hugging. That's what I'd call this montage. But like it, it ends, and I really liked the the idea of showing footage of oh here's Jerry's apartment, it's all empty, no one's here anymore. Yeah. But months. the way this was filmed, it looked like it was being uh, shot for B roll on forensic files. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it looked like it was being shot for a murder mystery. Yeah. It was just a normal apartment. <laughs> Film goes negative until it wasn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and then one last shot of the gang parting ways on the subway in that episode, the one where George gets rolled and Jerry's on with a naked guy. And and then uh, over the completely end credits, the epilogue, we get one more blooper reel of Frank yelling at Elaine, you want a piece of me, <laughs> and Elaine not being able to hold it together. But Frank, but uh, but the great Jerry Stiller holding it together perfectly every single time. I mean, you talk about a guy who it seems like could bring the energy every time, you know, Jerry Stiller was like just stoic, just like a statue. She would break and he would be like, all right, I'll do it again. And the exact same performance, maybe even better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Two things I loved about this was uh, Elaine, like in breaking, Elaine, like covering up her mouth and whispering to Jerry Stiller, can you give it to me one more time? <laughs> I saw that. The- and I loved the extras in the background that no matter 
how ridiculous everything in this scene was. They're just constantly going about, like, turning, yeah. turning their head left, turning their head right, <laughs> lifting up a paper, putting the paper down, uh, just walking in and out of the shot, they, like, from, from the door behind them. They were committed. They, yeah. they were the most committed people in this scene. You don't want to be the extra that ruins a scene. Behind, yeah, behind yeah. Jerry Stiller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is it. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, Tim, what do we got for homework this week? We have no homework this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do we What do we put for cover art for, the, for a clip show? God. I guess. You could use something from the one. You know what? I, I wish they had included that new scene that they filmed for Splitting in Half. Like, why didn't we get to see the scene when Kramer comes in to get Jerry and he's still doing the, the clip show? Why isn't that included in the, the oh, hour-long presentation? Yeah. I hate that. Well, the, I'm guessing that would have aired at the beginning of part two, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Man, I don't know. I, I guess I can grab a screen cap of the title card that says Seinfeld the Chronicle. You could always like, do something uh, from the end, like the, the gang like holding their hands up and taking a final bow. Or, oh, um, yeah, that's something good. From the, from the, something from the Green Day montage. Yeah, that's good. Something, yeah. some, or something from the bloopers. Yeah. Get George doubled over as Jerry Stiller is <laughs> saying, "You want a piece of me?" <laughs> oh man! All right, I'll I'll figure out something. Do we want to try and come up with a better description? <laughs> Let's hear it again, just because it's tradition. <laughs> so we had look back at the funniest clips, most memorable quotes, and unseen footage in this retrospective of the landmark series' entire run. It's a little long, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. What else are we? What else are we gonna put? Yeah, you know? yeah kind of self-explanatory so what did you think of the clip show no i'm just kidding <laughs> i gave it a star <laughs> jesus christ it had so many laughs you know i just had i had to it had all the best laughs from <laughs> from the whole show it obviously gets a star yeah uh do we want to get into our top episodes of season nine yes okay would you like to go first or do you want me to go first you can go first okay so i had a total of 11 episodes that I starred. So this was harder for me than I thought it would be because, yeah. I, I mean, everyone thinks that once Larry David leaves, Seinfeld isn't worth watching. But there were so many good episodes in season nine. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we kicked off with a, with a couple of really good episodes and there was, like, a, a slow period. There was, uh, it, there was quite a few. So look at the episodes that I starred from season nine. I guess we'll... Are we trying to narrow them down to a top five? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but uh, definitely give me, you know, give me all of yours, and then. Okay. So yeah. honor. I will give honorable mentions. None of these are going to be in particular order. I know I gave stars to these and said they were going to be at the bottom of my list, mm -hmm. but uh, honorable mentions to the Frogger and the Betrayal, season nine or episode eighteen and episode eight, respectively. Honorable mentions as well. Again, not in order to the Voice, the Slicer, the Blood, and the Strike. And then for my top five, number five, I have episode six, The Merv Griffin Show. Mm -hmm. Number four, episode three, The Serenity Now. Mm. Number three, episode 19, The Maid. Mm -hmm. Number two, episode 16, The Burning. Mm. And number one for season nine, in my opinion, episode 11, The Dealership. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. So I had, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I also had eleven. How about that? Hey, nice. Yeah, and and just like you, you know, it, we we started off great, and then 
I had a streak from the betrayal to the reverse. P- no, the betrayal to the cartoon of there was only one episode in there that I didn't like. So that's 8, 10, 11, 12, and 13 that I gave stars to. And 14, for crying out loud, 14 got a star. I forgot about that. So <laughs> right in the middle of the run, like they hit a stride for me that was just, you know, uh, unbelievable. So my honorable mentions that did not make my top nine, <laughs> um, oh my I, I've narrowed it to a top five, but mine. So I, I uh, you might remember I write low next to some. I'm like, well, I'll I'll star this, but I'll put it low. So if it does yeah. make it, it's going to be low on the list. Yeah, so for, the, for me, that was the betrayal in the Frogger. For me, that was the strong box and mm. the blood. Okay. Yeah, so those are my honorable mentions. The other ones that I... So I'll, I'll go over my top five. Well, uh, let me go over more honorable mentions. I gave an honorable mention to the Merv Griffin show. I remember liking it a lot, but it did not make my top five. An honorable mention to the dealership, interestingly enough. And the fact that Ooh. it's your number one, I was like, maybe I should go back and revisit that because it's so tough. I was just lo- reading like the sanitized description of these, trying to like jog my memory as to what I, you know... <laughs> how much I liked them and without being able to go back and watch them all. And I just can't grade them in any sort of like actual numerical order, but uh, the cartoon, I give an honorable mention and maybe just because Sally Weaver, you know, I mean, Kathy Griffin does a great job of being annoying and maybe it didn't make the top five just because of that. And just because uh, of how upset I get for Jerry, Uh, the Frogger also gets an honorable mention. So my top five in chronological order uh, are, is the voice episode two, the betrayal, Episode 8, The Strike, Episode 10, The Reverse Peephole, Episode 12, and The Maid, Episode 19. You put The the Maid as your number one? Well, the, it's just in chronological order. I can't rank them. Although You can't, you can't rank them higher th- or other than that? I probably would make The Maid number one, but I just worry it's because it's the most recent one I've seen, you know? And so my, those feelings are so fresh that I'm like, yeah. you know. You might have was, to give it, give it a little bit, let the recency bias wear off. Yeah. But I mean, both of us have The Maid really high up. I only put it down in number three. Because I'm like, okay, I it was really good, but I want to, uh, I, I want to forego the recency bias. Yeah. I'm like, there, there's no way, there's no way it's like one or two for for me anyway. Yeah. But I don't know. And I feel like such a hack picking, and and maybe this is the only reason the Merv Griffin show didn't make my top five. But I feel like such a hack putting the strike and the betrayal and the voice <laughs> for that matter in the and and so i feel like the the best of bias whatever you might want to call it just because those are such iconic episodes like but the strike did hold up like the betrayal was yeah. surprisingly funny to me even though it has that that device the backwards device in it and i'm like and the voice is the voice you know but what i think stuck out about the voice to me was george still going into work and engaging in the battle of the one-year contract and then trying to force him out in all those different ways and him just persevering through the whole thing. So it wasn't necessarily Jerry's voice, but but maybe the George storyline. Oh, and the intern. You know, Kramer's intern is hilarious too. So oh my God, those might yeah. have carried that. But but yeah, my, mine, unfortunately, I can't put in any sort of order just because my brain wouldn't work like that. Um, <laughs> so it's just chronological order. But really, that's, and that's, you know, the voice I've seen least recently. So that's why it's number five, I guess. <laughs> So there you go. I think we got some good episodes and a good, um, you know, you had a lot in your top five that I had written down, but just weren't strong enough to make my top five for whatever reason my feelings about. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know, like the Frogger and the dealership and stuff like that. So yeah, good mix. Okay. Well, Tim, next week we have got season nine, episode 22, the finale, mm-hmm. original air date, May 14th, 1998, the same night as we've 
covered already. Um, a a two-hour block of Seinfeld programming to send the show off with a bang, I guess. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at TV Guy that night, you are going to see Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer are arrested for violating a good Samaritan law, leading to a trial featuring characters from the show's past. Wow. I, I hate how much it gives away, and I understand it's because it's, you know, after after the fact. But I actually have, don't forget, I actually have a real TV Guy description oh, from right. that night. Yeah. So let me tell you what Do- that said. <laughs> uh, Seinfeld, 9 p.m. Plot details are few, if not totally non-existent, but this final episode of the comedy series is all but guaranteed to draw one of the biggest network TV audiences of recent times. All sorts of rumors have been spread about the respective destinies of Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer, but those end here. Nevertheless, many familiar faces from past episodes are expected to turn up in the course of this story. Note, the start time of the episode is tentative since at press time, the final cut wasn't complete. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So I like that a lot better because it's a little more ambiguous. But, and, <laughs> and I remember the f- the the fervor around trying to figure out what the last episode was going to be about, and all these <laughs> all the theories and all of the you know here's the way Seinfeld could end, here's how it should Man, end. All the TV every I, article was about trying to figure out what it was going to be about. I would love to like go back to early internet and read some of the theories of what people thought the last episode was going to be. They, those have got to exist somewhere, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to look that up. That's going to be my homework okay. next week. Yeah, I'll, I'd love to I I want I want to see some of these alternate uh theories, these theories on alternate final episodes. Yes. I wonder if anybody got it right. <laughs> like, yeah, what happened what would happen if like they just all got arrested or something? <laughs> and there's that one guy in Kansas who thought that. He was like Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.